I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 11, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we have to talk about what we have on our hands. The market made a new low today, yet finished or closed above the previous low. Is that good enough? Meaning, is it good enough that they closed above the previous low, or is this market teetering on the verge of another violent decline? We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. We're back in that scenario where the rubber band is stretched again, and it's stretched to the point where it's either going to break or it's going to snap back. It's showtime for the snapback people. Remember the 275.31? Of course you do. I want to draw your attention not only to that number, but to inside the numbers. There's a lot of good stuff in here today. I'm going to scroll up, let you read it on your own. You can start and stop or pause the video at any point you like. What I'd like you to do is read the notes. Even if you have no intention, have no need, have no desire to trade intraday or know what's going on in the market intraday from a commentary perspective, take a look and see what's going on. Some of the stuff is truly remarkable. So right out of the gate this morning, obviously the market was trading down hard. So we have the same or similar routine on our hands. We have to wait for the market to open. Let the morning rush subside. Let the shakeouts happen. Let them pick a direction and we can have something to seek our teeth into. Moving along, go ahead and pause or read the notes at your leisure. Discussing a couple of trades as the morning goes along. We had a nice rocket ride on one. We had some front runners on the other, but JPM ended up working anyway for those traders that decided to take the trade. These are from stocks on the move. For a while in the morning, the market really didn't do anything. It just opened down and it stayed in a very narrow range. In the meantime, while there was nothing to do there, we had a rocket ride on RCL in the first couple of minutes of the trading day. Let's move it along because you're going to be interested to see some of the numbers that come up later and then what the market did in and around those numbers. So here around 1030, we're eyeballing a bear flag pattern. We're looking for it to either fail and go higher or for price to go lower out of the bear flag pattern. Ultimately, it was looking to break the opening range, whether it be on the upside or the downside. Well, the bear flag pattern suggested it was going to break on the downside and that it did. Moving right along. Now, after they break lower, we're looking for a mid-morning, late-morning pivot for a potential rally. We know that nothing goes in a straight line all day, every day, with the exception of some days here and there. But we operate under normal garden variety market conditions using the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, this is what happens. Let's move it along. Let's see what happened. How about 11.02? And we'll go to the charts later. Bingo. So they did put in a quick low and they had a sharp rally really fast, but that ended up failing. So that in and of itself is a tell intraday. Now, mind you, here's why you need the intraday stuff sometimes to get the bigger picture when you're swing trading and it doesn't have to be on long-term basis, but it's helpful to understand how the market's unfolding 
throughout the trading day. Where are the trouble spots? Where are the support areas? Where are the important areas that it needs to close in order for the bull case or the bear case to take hold? You need to know that stuff. How the market acts intraday is generally a tell for what's coming next. Let's move it along, scroll up further. Here the market's kind of directionless in the middle of the day. Very, very weak, dripping lower. Any rally is just beaten down with a stick. All of a sudden, let's get into what happens around the 227 post. Start discussing some stuff that we need to know. You need to know what's going on around the horn. You see how they consolidated right on top of back and forth around 275.31. This number is going to come into play all afternoon long. That is our pivot. Above, the market's not in dire straits, but below, it may be. Now, we also start mentioning what can happen after hours. You get stimulus plan discussion. You get some effort at a government rescue operation. They do that. We've seen that before. We've read this book before. The market gets jerked around day in, day out. So it's an awareness. We need to be aware of the circle jerk. 237, quick failure or a run-up in failure. 275.32, one penny over the magic number. That was at 2.34 p.m., and the reason why I put that down, I know some traders like to follow along, so I make it easy for them to find where it happened and what happened. I'm looking at that at this point in time and all day long as another piece of evidence. Once they reached 275.31 and they started going back and forth, I'm zeroed in on that number. Moving along. Now, all of a sudden, 3.40, you'll notice it says, refer to the 2.53 post for the awareness of the rip higher into the end of the day. Funny how that works. Are they that predictable? What's in the 253 post? Keeping an eye on 275.31 and keeping in mind the end of the day. If they're below, they will try or they can try and jam them up into the close. It's important from where I sit. I'm already priming the pump. I could see the writing on the wall. By the way, here's a snapshot of inside the numbers, stocks on the move. We'll go over some of the charts real quick. Some of the ones that say entry hit were actually no trades. We'll go over them in a couple of minutes. Let's talk numbers. First of all, before we get into the numbers, let's just make sure we're all on the same page. You're starting to get the fear in the market. They're talking in the media about the 20%, meaning the bear market, the official of the bear market, as if yesterday it wasn't a bear market and all of a sudden today it is. You're getting the realization that there's something else going on that's not just limited to the coronavirus. They're certainly talking down the economy as a result of what would happen if there were widespread quarantines or closures or containments, whatever they want to call it. Certainly big impact across the board. You can list out all the impacts a hundred ways till Sunday and you can keep going. But I'm getting the sense, and I did listen to some of the commentary today on our favorite media channel, and what I found was there's really a fear that there's something else going on. They're really starting to talk about liquidity as an issue. When they talk about liquidity, that's when markets can freeze up, when there's a lack of liquidity. So we don't know exactly what's going on, and frankly, we don't really care because the charts are going to tell us the tale. 
let's go with a five-minute chart and let's have a focused discussion on 275.31. So the market gaps down today and it drips lower. It has that rally that failed. And here we come into 275.31. Look what happens when we get around 275.31. And again, we're not going to split hairs over the exact number. That's my number. So whether it's a few cents over, a few cents below, doesn't really make any difference. Look what you have here. It hangs around, hangs around, hangs around, back and forth, over and above, over and above, down below, back above. Even after all that, it starts to give up the ghost. Essentially, this is another bearish pattern anyway. It starts to go lower, tries to get back above, and it fails again. You can see this one candle here. That's evidence in and of itself. First, we hit it. Here's the high of 275.32. Seems to be 275.32 came up a lot today. So maybe my number's a penny off. But here's the deal, by the way. When you see this happen, and you think the number's important before, and it proves to be important before, and it becomes important today, meaning it's important again, and they hang around, and they try and beat on it, and they rally back to it, and they fall away, it's important. And here's the deal. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That's my number. Above it, okay. Below it, I think the market's in grave danger. I told you we'd get back to this number. At the end of the day, and remember that post that I said, watch out for the end of the day, where you can see a rip higher, where? Back to the number. And just the sheer fact that you think it could happen, if the number's as important as you think it is, then where would they jam the market back up to if they're going to jam the market anywhere to try and begin a rescue operation? Well, logic would say, common sense would say, they would jam it up to... The number, 275.31. What'd they do? They jammed it up to the number. Now, the volatility, the numbers are going to spike through it, over and above it, down below. It gets whippy around the number, but guess what? Look at this. I'll give you another one. Here's the after-hours activity right now. You think that number's important? They're right there, right now. By the way, what's this? This is a bullish pattern. If they get above this number and they can close above this number, then the market is in not as bad of a shape as if it was below. Above the number, they can rally the market. What if they're below and they start selling? Can the selling accelerate? Can we have another crash? And the answer is, yes, we can. Where would we go if that happened? We would go run a test down in the neighborhood of the December 2018 lows, period, full stop. They don't have to get all the way there. They can come up short, 250, 240, 238, 242, something in that neighborhood. The type of volatility that we're experiencing limits the pinpoint accuracy you can have with these numbers. That's my what if the rubber band breaks again number. It's a ballpark number. I don't know that we're going there. I'm just saying if they're going to do it and they're going to really have another crash and we have acceleration to the downside, and there's real panic out there, you get a flood of margin calls, hedge funds are blowing up, the whole nine yards, 240 is my number. Could they test the lows? The lows come in all the way at 233.76? Of course they can. I'm just saying 240 is my number. I have to put a number on the board. A little bit of a short hop. RCL was one of the stocks on the move. This is the one that hit like in the second minute of the day. There it is. 
It's in the redonkulous camp. The number was put on the board probably around 7.30 in the morning. The stock closed yesterday, 51.66, getting its proverbial haircut at the open. Nobody wants to own cruise lines, except me for a couple of minutes. The low in minute two happens to be 46.95, and the high in minute nine happens to be 49.94, and it kept going by 10.10 in the morning, 51 bucks, up four smokes. So the market was failing, so everything was failing, so RCL came down again. Where did it go to? It went to the second number that was on the board at 7.30 in the morning. 45.57 was the number. In this candle here, the low was 45.50, and the stock took another rocket ride up north. That's pretty slick stuff. That's about another $2 bounce. This is one stock, two trades, six bucks. Not bad. How about BABA? BABA was on the list. We had two numbers on the board, 198.34, 195.98. So you can see what happened. It comes into the 198.34, and it goes back and forth for a while. It's actually making a bearish pattern, but in the process of doing so, it rallies to a high of 199.96, so it gives about a buck and a half, a little bit more than that, before breaking down. And I get... Most traders are not participating in stock trades today. They're spectators. The majority of people should be spectators today. However, there are plenty of traders that were participating. They understand the risk they're taking on. As such, they're generally taking a smaller share size. They're aware that things could get out of control rather quickly in these volatile markets. Now, Baba comes down to the second number, makes a low of 196.11, not good enough, takes off to the upside. That one was a shame. Nobody would have been taking that trade anyway in the middle of the day when the market's collapsing. Everybody thinks it's going to the abyss, but the numbers work. This one was front run. Here's another one, JP Morgan, 96 and a quarter. You can see what happened. It missed it by a little, rallied up, finally came into the number and then really rallied up making a high of $100 and a nickel. Not bad, almost a $4 run for JPM. Numbers were on the board about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. In uniform, ready to go. PDD, this one doesn't count. The price consolidated over the number for too long. So even though the number kind of worked, you can see what happened. The bulls and bears were definitely fighting the cause in and around that 35 and change number, but this one doesn't count. It's basically a no trade. Similar scenario for Boeing, came close in the first candle of the day, rallied away too much, came back in, and you can see where they fought in and around this 212 area, came down a little bit and back to it before getting rejected and falling away. So what was once support or what should have been support becomes resistance because the destination was elsewhere. Is there anything really to discuss in the IWM? It is my favorite market leading indicator. And guess what? It's leading to the downside. So we have to go obviously to another chart. And when you go to the weekly chart, look where we are. We've already surpassed the lows from December 2018. These are the same lows that we just discussed a few minutes ago. So this market is way ahead of the power curve. You got to go to the monthly chart. Where are they going? These are my monthly numbers. 118, 116, in that ballpark. If that doesn't hold, you're going to par. 102, 103, even to par. We'll call it 102.50 for argument's sake. If I have to have a number, 
that's my number on a collapse. Not saying they are going to collapse. I'm saying if they collapse, that's the number. What's going on down at the transportation department? My second favorite market leading indicator, number one canary in the coal mine. December 2018 lows. We're not even close. Canary in the coal mine. Mark that down. What's the number here? I don't even want to tell you. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? They didn't even get to the lows from the other day. That's interesting. Shenanigans or a glimmer of hope? Not even close to the December 2018 lows. So you can see the markets, various markets, are in different positions on the chart. Are the transports and the IWM leading the way saying these other markets are just going to get wiped out? They just haven't gotten notified yet. Or is something like the Qs trying to tell us there's some glimmer of hope out there. There's a little bit of strength. Not everything is collapsing. They're going to turn the ship around soon. I go with my leading indicators, the IWM and the transports. Whether they're right or they're wrong, they work way more than they don't. Let's talk about something else for a second. We're back to the SPY. It's a little bit of a short hop, but guess what? It's important, at least from where I sit. For the last day or so, we've been talking about the fact that the market could get a further bounce. I expected a further rally. It didn't happen or it didn't happen yet. So how do I read that? How do I interpret that? Is that important information? How do I use it? Everything's important and you use everything. This was a hot zone. This is an important area, meaning the market should have got a bounce from this area. It should have been better than it was. Better than a one-day wonder. What does that tell you? Trouble. Could also be delayed. Could also be the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. No doubt about it. That's why we have an awareness that they could certainly have a repair operation going on Something like a stimulus plan, something that's going to save the tape. That'll cause shorts to run for cover, huge gap up in the morning. You know the routine, but we have to be aware of the gap down. If you have a gap down, it's pretty much sealed, at least from where I sit, that the next leg of what we just saw is probably starting all over again. Are we getting any information from the financial space? Other than bad information, no. The XLF was down 5%. Everything's getting thrown out with the bathwater. Another 5%er, smash mouth, teetering at the lows. Basically looks very similar to the SPY chart. They spiked the low, closed back above it. It's a waiting game. We're waiting on either a rescue operation or the collapse. By the way, it's no accident or coincidence. This Friday is Friday the 13th. Now, I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat or anything. I'm just saying it's Friday the 13th. Fridays, as a general rule of late, haven't exactly been kind to the market. Another short hop, we're talking TLT. We're talking bond market. We're talking repo man. Now, the Fed came out today, and I think they issued some more liquidity into the repo market. So there's obviously a problem going on with liquidity. I don't know what it is. Doesn't make any difference. All I need to know, there's a problem going on. So the Fed's pushing on a string. They're flooding the market as best they can, and bonds are going down. What does that mean? It means rates are going up. So what we're saying is that the Fed is flooding more money into the market to drive rates lower, but rates are going higher. We've read that book before. Remember the other day we looked at this and we said, looks like a bottom, could be a bottom, interesting. There you go. Inside the numbers members, and you all saw it the day we did it, they were issued a sell right here 
buying puts on TLT. Now, it spiked up the next day on that wicked spike, but guess what? When that happened, the puts never budged. You don't see that every day. The rest is history, and the emails I'm getting are, where do I take profit? You got to take profit right here. You don't have to take it all off. What we said when we bought the position was time and patience. Either way, along with time and patience, we have to be smart and diligent about running this like a business. Therefore, we book profit along the way. Put some money in your pocket. I think TLT was right around 168, maybe slightly higher when I issued the alert, when I put it on the board inside the numbers. That's $12 ago. We've played TLT on a couple of big moves in the past. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? It's factual and it's important. I'm getting a lot of emails in. I appreciate all the comments. There's a lot of people making a lot of money out there as a result of what we're doing. Keep doing it. This is a good place to pull the ripcord. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. So we will do just that. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.